Welcome to the third episode of the craft uh, on bumpers. Blessed be, Ron. Blessed be, Carrigan. How Hello, are you? everyone? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. How was and the, yourself? I'm I'm very well, thank you. How was your uh, soiree? Wonderful. <laughs> I had it was a lovely venue. I must say, goodness gracious. It felt like it was somewhere in England with a with a beautiful sea oh, <laughs> close wow. by. Very nice. It was really, really beautiful, and of wonderful questions, wonderful people joined. It was oh, a it was good. very successful. Very good. I believe you've got yours coming up this weekend, aren't you? Yeah. So this weekend is in Boston, and uh, yeah, we have. Uh, uh, Quite a lot of people actually coming, so it's it's going to be very exciting. Very exciting. Wonderful. <laughs> it does seem to be a soiree month in Alexandrianville because yes. it's South Africa, Boston, <laughs> yes, it's yes. New Orleans, it's yes. London, everyone. Yes. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. So uh, let's jump onto the questions, right? So that's. Mm. So what... we've had a question that came from a listener. Um, of the f especially from the first podcast that we did mm -hmm. that had to do with the priest and homosexuality in the craft, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So the question is that there are, we say in there that there are many other traditions mm -hmm. and paths that would accept someone that doesn't want to practice in the British traditional way, in the Alexandrian mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, but then the question also goes, do we acknowledge these other traditions as valid mm. craft traditions? Mm. Which is a bit of a minefield, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, you know, it's a fantastic question. Um, you know, before, before we go any further, I should say that the question is not about homosexuality in the craft because homosexuality isn't what we you know it has nothing to do with homosexuality where it's just that some of the priesthood is uh, or can be homosexuals um, but the homosexuality in itself which is the you know uh, uh, something that is or involve anything that is uh, of homosexuality practice in the craft, there is nothing like that. So we should kind of rephrase <laughs> mm. to say that we're just referring to priesthood that well, actually happened to be homosexual. I think the reason why this is getting so much attention at the present is because there is a coming to consciousness of the fact that we don't really change our practices amidst uh, you know, whoever, to, yeah, yes, whoever. and to yeah. to be inclusive, either because you've got the whole inclusive movement and all of that, and of course we we don't break away from our methods of initiation. Right. So I think it's interesting to a lot of people. So what happens then? What? How do we view this? How? And I think that's why that podcast got attention and right. why. And people ask that questions, you right, know, they right. want to know. Mm. Right. Well, um, you know, w one of the things that we don't, I mean, I don't really care what people, I mean, and we don't really know uh, if there's a lot of homosexuals or not in the craft. I mean, it, it really isn't my concern when I, when not somebody, about that, is it? yeah, mm. when somebody asks me for initiation, uh, my first question is not, so, <laughs> 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 who do you sleep with? Um, yeah. <laughs> sexual preference tick, tick box um, yeah, exactly so we don't really yeah. do that um, yeah. I mean I 
you know, we happen to have, uh, you know, to know a lot of priesthood that are uh, or are gay, and you know, in mm. in in both traditions, actually, Gardnerian and Alexandrian. So it really isn't uh, about that at all. Um, yes, there are other traditions that have actually has an emphasis on the on it and and take advantage of it actually, and it it is really quite good. Um, and so, for instance, we have the Manon Brotherhood, for instance, that it's uh, mm. a very interesting uh, tradition, uh, uh, which, you know, the uh, founder was Ed Bajinsky, who was an homosexual from New York and um, a gay man. And and he uh, took the framework of the... He was a uh, gardenarian, wasn't he? Well, uh, yes, but it was more of Wicca in general. And then he, you know, of course he knew... Uh, Gardnerian, and of course, you know, uh, he took it and then he rephrased it. He was uh, um, apparently he was very, very good in uh, mythology and history and all of that. Mm. So he reframed it in a different way, and the mysteries are observed in a different way, which is really quite good. So it really is a tradition that actually celebrates, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality, and not only that, but. Um, mm. Uh, what do they call it? There's a term for this. Um, Queer mysteries. No. Like <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> um, it's um, oh, almost something. But, um, but it really is, it really is uh, you know, and then there is the sisterhood as well. So there's this whole yeah. uh, thing that, uh, you know, they do take advantage of it, which is absolutely brilliant. But yeah. uh, we don't do it. Uh, in in our tradition and uh, as far as i know in any other traditions of um british traditional witchcraft or what we would consider british traditional witchcraft now um and we don't take advantage of it because we see things in a very different framework so it really you know well it it opens up another door to another question because even if someone who founds a line like this Mm. is lineaged Gardnerian or Alexandrian, mm-hmm. we can't really speak for anyone else, mm-hmm. that wouldn't make their line Alexandrian. That wouldn't make that tradition that they create at that point Alexandrian because they br- break away from this. And it's quite a common thing we see. Yeah, it is. It's true. It is true. Um, well, uh, you know, before I answer that, I want to go back to the fact that um, – we, we can't validate anything. I mean, I'm, we're not, that's not our aim or even our right to validate anything other than our own practices because we recognize them and only for that. But um, we, we can't say if that's, oh, do you recognize that as Wicca or witchcraft? We, we don't, that's not our goal. Our goal is not recognize. Say, yeah. yeah, yeah. All that we can say really is we, we don't recognize it as Alexandrian craft. Right, but, right. Yeah. But, that's, but that's basically it. And then, of course, yeah. you know, it is up to each group to actually accept um, those initiates from other traditions to actually take part in their rituals or not. I mean, and that's a totally different conversation. Um, mm. Now, w- it takes us into that other aspect that you were saying, if someone actually is or takes the tradition into a different direction, and it, is, it has major changes into it to the point that 
they feel that what they're doing is no longer traditional and they feel that they need either rename it or make it a separation into another tradition or name it a different name or take a different name and, and give it a different name um, to their practices just because, yes, they are framed uh, completely on the Alexandrian tradition, but they do have essential things that are not actually observed in the traditional path of Alexandrian witchcraft. And that is uh, an example of that, for instance, is the um, uh, the uh, Cathonioi Alexandrians, which um, it's, it, it became, um, it began to be actually a line of the American Alexandrians, and then they thought that they were uh, not changing, but they were accepting and recognizing a couple of aspects of uh, their practice that were not actually included or observed into um, the traditional practice of Alexandrian tradition, and therefore they felt the necessity of actually create a different tradition. Um, they still maintain Alexandrian as the name, um, so they are Cathonia or Alexandrian, or Alexander Cathonia, I think it's Cathonia or Alexandrian. Um, and just because they want to maintain that reference to their roots, uh, which comes, of course, from the Alexandrian tradition, um, and you know, this these are the facts. I don't, I don't have, I don't want to voice my opinion about. Oh, are they doing a good job? Or I, I don't know. I've never been into one of their rituals, so I don't really, I can't speak about that. But the fact is that they actually distantiate themselves and they call themselves something else. So um, the same happened with Greencraft, for instance, which was, um, you know, a, a, a tradition that was started by a couple of initiates, um, Alexander initiates. Then, then they begin to add a couple of things to the their practice and they distantiated themselves from the Alexandrian practice that they considered to be another tradition so they just created green craft and that was a totally different thing now the problem comes with this when people are actually still well they are disconnected there are you know doing all of their things which are absolutely brilliant but then they want to clean uh, the Alexandrian tradition, and and mm. this becomes uh, a process of validation of their own practices, just because they think that if they do have that piece, they will be considered or they will be recognized as valid. It has nothing to do with validity. Actually, I would be very proud if I would start my own tradition, regardless if it was based or not in the Alexandrian tradition, to actually uh, raise the banner of this new tradition, you know, mm. <laughs> and, and, you know, Rather go than, and yeah. carry on. Um, so cleaning, clinging on to these things is, is, I understand sometimes because they want to actually um, still pay homage to their roots, but the, the thing is that it's their roots. It's not who they are right now, and I think mm. that they should just kind of let it go and kind of carry on with the work. But, you know, we, we can't really say, oh, is that actually recognized? Is that mm. actually witchcraft? Well, it we, it's certainly not the Alexandrian practice that I know of, and, and mm. they do know that as well because they recognize it as such when they changed their name and their practices. Um, but then again, I mean, it's not really of me to be saying or of us to be saying, oh, that's valid or not valid. Um, that's a very tricky question, and I think a loaded one as well. But the mm. thing is that, you know, it, it needs to be clarified as well. Well, it's an interesting thing, though, because many would say that we did the same thing 
uh, coming from the Gardnerian tradition. Right, and exactly. When the changes exactly. happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, us. that is exactly an, an extraordinary example. And, um, uh, you know, the basis of it was the craft at the time. They call it craft. You know, they do really call it. Yeah, it wasn't and still today. Still today. It? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. But the fact is that the art, the, 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 we see after the 70s, uh, going into the 80s, onto the 90s, to actually, in, uh, you know, clumped everything together. So especially Alexander and Gardnerian, because people begin to actually hang out with each other. They begin to socialize with each other and they begin to, to have contact with each other. Uh, the Gardnerians and Alexandrians begin to actually uh, have a little bit more of a relationship over the years. But just because two people are friends and they begin to talk about it. And then you will begin to see people, uh, Gardnerians going into the Alexandrian circles, Gardnerians, uh, Alexandrians going into Gardnerian circles. And it's not that nothing had happened, bef this is nothing that ha hadn't happened before, it actually did. You know, there were Gardnerians going into Alexandrian circles of Alex and Maxine mm -hmm. in the 70s, and that is known, it's a known fact, but the fact is that there was no tenting, meaning there was no uh, oh, I like that part. I will take that part, and I will I will do this this way now. Um, it was it was just a they respect each other's practices, and some Gardnerians became Alexandrians, and some Alexandrians probably became Gardnerians. But the thing is that there was always the distinction nowadays, and after that movement, eighties into nineties, there was a a kind of a almost like a. A mix of the two, which is, I think, and in my opinion, it's a disfavor to both traditions. I think that, you know, the identity of each and the rituals of each other and the way of working of each other should be preserved. Well, there's this thing about this that it's very hard to understand if you're not an initiate by the tradition. Mm. You see it quite regularly where people state that, you know, I'm Alexandrian Gardnerian with the <laughs> slash in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now, yeah. what people do not understand, they would, uh, from the outside of it, looks like, oh, you know, they've got dual lineage. It's coming from the same source. But what you don't understand is if you're in an Alexandrian circle, the practices are quite different from what happens in a Gardnerian circle. Yes. And that's, of course, a question that is regularly asked. It's, it's, now be, it's actually at the moment being asked on various well, projects. Yeah, well, and, and this is a very interesting uh, issue and one that I have been analyzed for quite a while and I have seen, you know, because I wanted to know. I wanted to know why this was. Why is this phenomenon happen? And one of the things that I find is that there is sometimes a misunderstanding of the practices or sometimes the practices are just practices. They just begin to, you know, some group begin to learn the basics and then they begin to kind of um, do their own thing and, and they begin to integrate other things in their own practice and suddenly they begin to have contact with somebody that it's Gardner and they go to their circles, they like what they do, um, you know, and then they adopt the same way, you know, the same uh, ways of consecrating, of calling, of whatever. And then suddenly you'll have this group that it's, it's a mixture of things. They lost a couple of things that they didn't really, uh, or they, they opted to do according to the Gardnerian practice. And then suddenly you, you, you just have a diluted um, thing that it's really kind of, I mean, it's up to them and they can do whatever they mm. want. But the thing is that the identity of things, how things are done, uh, were just thrown away.
and mm. and 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 I feel that the opportunity to do things according to how they were done it's quite important to maintain the identity of the tradition i mean if, of course you know work within the coven is always mm. something that will develop but i think that the basics should be and and maintain you know the same course of, a, a thing that i would get regularly asked regularly is um, of course if a seeker looks listens to this to them, they go, oh, what could be the difference? It's witchcraft. But I think, you know, if you take an analogy, it is um, it's almost like chocolate cake and vanilla cake or, you know, strawberry. And it's, right. it's, it's cake, but it's different flavors. And <laughs> if you wouldn't mistake one for the other. And I find that if people were trained, well-trained, in either of the traditions, they really get it because they have a feel for the for the differences in of the course. magic, yeah. differences in the circle. But when there's a slight lack of training, of course, there's not a very distinctive. No, because you know, and I, I speak flavor. yes, yeah, and and I, and this is the thing that I speak about my own American line, which is something that I can because it is my line, mm. um, and. You know, it happened in America, and of course, it happened in America, and it happened um, in other places in the world as well, uh, like Australia and other places. But you know, it happened. Uh, things get lost in translation, especially because they are taken into another country. When you see things in the UK, and UK witches will tell you, "Oh, there's no difference. There's no difference." It's because they lost in time. They really did. They they do not know. What, or they don't go back to their own training and say, wait a minute, uh, maybe we just forgot that or that or that. They don't, th there is no such a thing as recycling circles, which is basically instead of a training circle, it's for somebody that actually is already 20 years, 30 years into it, and they need a refresher. They need, you know, let's go back to the basics. Let's look at this, mm. you know, and oh my God, yes, that's right. That's, that's exactly how it was. I forgot about that because, you know, after 30 years of practice, you do forget things and you do forget mm. that you tweak this here and you tweak that there and it's no longer how it was done. But, you know, so, but these things, you know, and I wanted to know why this would happen. And I felt that that was the reason why. When somebody takes the tradition to another country, things get lost in translation because mm. of the lack of uh, acidity um, into the training. People are not trained every single day. They are trained by patches of time. They stay a month, two months, three months into the country where they were initiated, and then they go back to their own country and they take all of the, that learn back to their own country. It is easy for people to actually forget how things are done. This mm. is why it is very important, and I do this with my students. I actually, um, you know, I accept people internationally. I have, I have initiates in Brazil. I have initiates in South Africa. But what I do is that I am with them all the way. I don't, mm. you know, I do, because I want to make sure that if there is any question or anything, they can actually rely on the questioning and having an answer. The problem for me <laughs> yeah. is that in the 70s, you know, phone calls were very, very, very expensive to the UK from the United mm, States. Absolutely. And letters would take a long time. Now we have emails, we have Skype, we have all of these things. But listen, people would actually had been uh, 
consult and answer questions. I mean, Alex would answer questions over the phone. People would call them mm. from America. Snail and mail ask, as well. And snail <laughs> mail. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this is nothing new. Of course, the medium is, has changed. Nowadays, we have a couple of other things that are really quite quick. And there are different mediums of communication, which enhance the possibility of not losing the essence. But it was very easy at that time. For people to not, oh, I can't call now, or, oh, yes, well, we have this question, but how do I, well, I'm going to, you know, and then they don't, either by laziness, or they don't want to call, and it's a hassle because you have to write a letter, smell it to the, you know, so things were not asked, and mm. the teacher was not as present as it is, for instance, now, because now the teacher can be present, you know, quite frankly, very easily, uh, mm. which was not the case at the time. So a lot of things were lost in translation. How did people went about to fill the gaps? They filled the gaps with literature. So mm. they went to the Witch's Bible, they went to the Eight Sabbaths for Witches, they went to all of these books that were written at a time, and they felt that those were good references just because the people that actually wrote those books were were initiates at the time, and they took things from those books to fill their own practices. Now you have a line of Alexandrians that they are correctly initiated, but they have gaps into their training that they are actually filling in with things that are not direct training from their own teacher, which makes it it ends up as a mishmash and a mistake because then mm. when they later on have contact with initiates that actually were in the covens uh, at the time, they don't recognize what they're doing because, yeah. and this is very visible in the order on how to cast this, the basics, how mm. to cast the circle, the That's order That's the thing. Of I think a lot of people get this confused and think it's some secret knowledge. No, no, it isn't. Things. Yeah. Very, very core basic training. Yeah, it is core, core basic training. And then, of course, you know, uh, you know, the order of things. How do you, you know, how, what, what do you do first? Mm. And why? Know, and why you do it. So there's a whole lot of things that were lost in translation that then result in many, many questions that those who actually are more inquisitive... <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, have, you know, uh, the, the courage to go and say, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Um, how, is, how was this done in the, in the 70s? I mean, wh what, was the, mm. what is the basic of this? Um, can we ask somebody about this and have sh make sure that this was actually what was done? Uh, you know, there aren't. And then, of course, by pride or not, some of these early teachers um, that came to America, uh, they sometimes uh, do not want it to go back to their own teacher and ask the question mm -hmm. um, or didn't have the opportunity to do so. Or um, It's easy to assume you know. Yes, yeah. In the craft right. because of so many layers. Right, of and then happening. of course, you know, students that come in, right, new people will believe and, and trust the, you know, that the things that are being taught are actually what is, the, you know, what was mm. taught to the teacher. So it, it is really is very easy for people to lose um, the basic. And especially when it goes into another country, this is your case, uh, Juan, <laughs> because you are in, in uh, you know, you were initiated in the United States and you went back to yeah. South Africa, right? So Well, it's a very interesting story. I was thinking about it earlier. The fact that I think when you're an international initiate, you you tend to have to work 
I think more frequently than yes. someone in the coven. Yeah, it's almost a daily practice. I'm sure yes. they. You know, everybody yeah. does but it is crazy because you have to yes keep and, that and, and not only that it's that you do you do want to know and you want to know well you don't want mm-hmm. to uh leave it to because it's not i mean it's very it's really expensive in your case it's really expensive to come to the united states to learn and all mm. of that so um some of the things are you know you have a follow up uh, from your teacher from here to you uh, every week so that you will have uh, your things to do and how you do it and all of that. So So of course also uh, probably important for the initiates listening that the training that happens like that isn't training. You can't obviously train. No, that's not, that's uh, not training. That is, that is a support. That is a Mm. follow-up. It's not training. Training Training is only very traditional inside the circle. And it's only inside of the circle. So you do come here and when you come to the United States and you know this because you are the person that we're talking about, (laughs) when you come here, you stay, you stay a long period of time because you want to have, and we do have rituals almost every day because you want that practice you want that training um as much as you know the words as much as you know how things are done you need to do them and you need Mm, to do them in the setting of a coven so that is what training is when people say oh you do international training i don't (laughs) no it's actually not and the thing is um it takes it takes a particular person to do it because I don't think it's for everyone. No, it's not it isn't. for everyone, as we no, know. It but it, no. it's hard. I think in some ways it's a little bit trickier because yes. you don't have your cover. Yeah, no. So and, th- this uh, yeah. is just for those listening that yeah. are sitting in a situation. You know, it's another thing that I think I should just mention is the fact that it's a very funny thing to see people online going, oh, you know, oh, no, that coven, 15 minutes away, Stefan needs something <laughs> down the road. It's really bizarre looking at some of these things. I had someone contact me the other day. They were like, I don't know, 30 minutes outside of where I'm living. <laughs> so, oh, you know what, I'm looking for something closer. Oh, okay. This is not... The this is not the Church of England. You're not no, going to find no. a, and, it, know, and it's not only that. I mean, block. you know, people people were. I mean, Alex and Maxine. They always had a lot of people from other countries going there. I mean, mm. um, it's not a new thing. Uh, and of course, they had uh, they support them their initiates in also through phone calls and letters and etc. And they would come again. I mean, it was it was. Um, the case of the of the the gentleman that started the first Alexandrian coven in Boston, he went there a couple of times so that he could have you know not only his initiations but also the training necessary. Um, but still, I mean, still you're in another mm. country. It is another time, and of course, you know this is the seventies, and of course, you know in the seventies you don't have the ability of the quick communication that you have now, for instance, and mm. the in- easiness of you know of just you know, a Skype call. So it really is very difficult to ask the question and then wait, you know, another week or two or three to actually have the letter arrive again. And then you have your answer, you know? So now I think that it's a little bit more easy to, um, to actually have that support from your teacher. Mm. And closing, I think it's also important perhaps to just mention you know, we talk a lot about the fact that we don't tend to change core training, right? right? So we don't fill in gaps when it comes to core. But that doesn't mean a lot of criticism we get 
even from initiates who perhaps lack the training or whatever, is the fact that, oh, you know, a tradition should evolve. It's an evolving thing. Of oh, course, of course it is. Of course it of course. is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah. the work that is being evolved isn't in spite of the core. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it evolves yeah. around yeah, yeah. the core for each coven, and it's different for each coven. Oh, yeah, but that's the natural work, isn't it? I mean, each yes. coven is... I think, you know, also responsible for uh, their own work. And uh, not only that, but to develop themselves into um, whatever speciality they they have. You know, each group is different in their own field. I mean, there are groups that were um, very much into healing and, um, you know, or divination or whatever it is. They are very, they're mm. quite good at that. And they develop a work that it's, direction to that particular field and so of course work within you know we're not talking about what the work is done with the bare uh, tools the tools need to be learned and then you can do yes. whatever you want with it I mean healing uh, healing or whatever it is that you you need to do with with your own group and develop your own work and that's fine um but that doesn't mean that you know other than uh, unless you want to to change the core and you think that you know what was tried and trialed uh for years and years and years and it works you know you won't change anything that works why would you change something that works actually very well so mm -hmm. I, I think that it's counterproductive actually um and I think that some, sometimes it's a little bit of a stubbornness. Oh, I'm going to go and change it. I also um, think it's a little bit of a confusion over what tradition is. And perhaps people just enjoy eclecticism a bit more right. and refuse to admit it. But, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be yeah. that as it may. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. So what other questions mm. do we have? I think that's it for this week. Isn't it? Yeah. We don't have actually, no, I'm talking rubbish. There was one last one that was actually coming out of the thing that we were just speaking about. Mm -hmm. And that is a question that is regularly asked. I'm sure there has been a lot of answers to this. Mm. But from a perspective of, the, we know that Alexandrian witchcraft came out of the Gardnerian tradition mm -hmm. or stemmed from it in a way. Mm -hmm. So today we say it this regularly oh it's different traditions different practices it's don't mix it what are the differences then in in, in basics why is it that <laughs> we say that it's not the same thing you know <laughs> well it's I... actually very simplistic things but they look simplistic on the surface but of course if you look deeper into it like all things yes it's layers um well, if I if I would paraphrase um, Maxine, it would be polish, uh, but, but <laughs> polish and beauty. Yeah. beauty. But the thing is it's that truth it, in a lot of ways. Yes. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. It is true. Um, well, you know, polish. We need to clarify this. We do have a practice of polishing our own. Um, the implements, tools, tools and things yeah. uh, before the ritual. And, and it really isn't about, I mean, it is about cleanliness and, and beauty, but it really isn't about that only. It is also a way of, uh, you know, uh, 
centering yourself and, and, and attuning yourself with, with the task ahead and you begin to... And this you know, is an old occult practice. Funny is, thing, yeah. I didn't even tell you, but mm. I will speak about it when we speak again, is that this, that's a quite a yeah. common thing in oh, the, yeah. all the occult books. Oh, yeah. This, this polishing of the brasses, polishing of the tools. It's a very, it's a very important practice that is wonderfully... Uh, incorporated into Alexandrian yeah, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so I, I feel that, you know, there are a lot of differences, um, especially in the initiation rites. Uh, mm. You know, the practices, there are some Gardnerian lines, actually, that are very similar to what we do, but th there are a couple of rituals that we have that they don't. Um, it's developed inside the tradition. Yes, of course, right, yeah. right, and and there are the way of doing the circle is different. Um, it is still a circle; uh, it's still cast, but it really is in a different. It, the differences are in the how to how to mm. do it, um, and then of course the training is different. Uh, the emphasis in the training are different. It's different. The way we uh, view the mysteries in some of the groups is different. Um, so there's there's a lot of differences. People say, oh, no, 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 no. Well, maybe because those two groups that are actually saying that there is no difference between one and the other, they, okay. have, a, they have a very strong symbiotic relationship. And that's yeah. why they're saying that, because it really, there is. And, and I can say this because it is my experience. I have had... Gardnerians in my circles and they are of the opinion exactly what I'm saying to you that it is different there is a clear difference between the practices and of course you know they can say well what kind of what kind of Gardnerians or what lines are you talking about well it doesn't really matter what matters is that the difference is noted and mm -hmm. it is noted to the and we do know there are th certain things that are absolutely different in the way that we view things in the way that we uh, observe things in the way that we practice. So I really don't know when they say that there is no, oh, it's very minimal. I really, I don't know what, what uh, kind of experience or ritual uh, experience of the Alexander and the Gardnerian they're exposed to, but it looks like the, the, the two groups that they are in or that they were experiencing this in are very symbiotic, which means that there is none the difference is none, right? So there's mm, no difference mm. at all. And that would might be the reason for that, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, what I'm talking about is the core principles of the Alexandrian tradition, the way that we do things and the way that we practice. Um, and there were, it was practiced by Alex and Maxine at the time and carry on by some groups today. It is very different from what the Garnians do. Mm. And we do know that. And of course, yeah. we can't go into details because then we would have to... Um, kill everyone. No. <laughs> but, you know, no, yeah. there are things that It's are been spoken so many about, you know, yeah. Maxine has recently spoken about it. Yeah. It's there. If you want to look for it, it's there. So, um, right. I mean, it is, right. should they speak about it? And yeah. it's very simple. It sounds very simple. It's like, oh, you know, that's mm. not a big difference. But yeah, yeah. if you look at why things were removed and changed, right. Gives right. you a perspective of what the differences are. Right, so, yeah. right. Well, we, we talked about this and we talked about in our own group, we talked about this. We, we talked about the use of the scourge, for instance, which is totally mm. different from the Alexander and Gardnerian. Gardnerians do use the scourge a lot. Uh, we don't. We don't really use mm. the scourge. And that was one, um, one of the options that Alex actually uh, had. Um, uh, was to actually use the scourge in a different way. So there's, uh, 
even the use of the tools is a little bit different. So, mm. um, you know, there are core things that are really quite um, different from what one tradition does and the other one does. So, Yes, of yeah. course, yeah, if we look at, but we've spoken about them actually already as well. I mean, there's the quality of the priest and the priestess. Right. There's, um, yeah, so yeah. it's out well, there. <laughs> yes, no, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah. Well, uh, wonderful questions, huh, for people. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast uh, here on Bumpers and um, and uh, listen to it. Uh, we're going to post uh, everywhere. We're posting this on Twitter. We're posting this on Facebook. Uh, if you have any questions, please leave them in the commenting on the podcast, or you can just directly contact us and leave your questions in there. What a wonderful conversation. One. Wonderful, yeah, <laughs> great stuff, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of, of the other questions that's coming out. It's nice to oh, I jot have, a bit of the memory. I, yes, and I have, brain I have, I have fabulous <laughs> things for the next one. So, great. get ready. There we go. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again soon, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Blessed be. Blessed be, Carrigan. Bye. Bye.